Hey, I am Jess, and I'm obsessed with all things nutrition, science, and helping you navigate this information while maintaining a deep sense of peace and empowerment in your body. I'm a registered dietitian who started out with an eating disorder and then fell in love with learning about how God intricately designed our bodies to be resilient and so much more than superficial and beautiful. I am now a mama who loves to be healthy, not because of how it makes me look, but because of how it has transformed the energy I can give to my family, my friends, and you. On this show, we hit on real talk around the latest nutrition science and body image resiliency, all while balancing it between grit and grace. Think of this as your weekly audio coffee to encourage your empowered eating journey. This is the Fuel Her Awesome podcast. Well, what's up, friend? Happy Monday after Thanksgiving weekend. If Thanksgiving is something you celebrate, I hope you had an incredibly amazing holiday weekend. I had five days. No, sorry, four. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. No, five. (laughs) Five days of food and family. And it was so wonderful. But my biofeedback is telling me I need a good night's rest to start moving and some salads (laughs) because we ate just tons and tons of food. But I have to tell you guys that if you're coming off the holiday weekend feeling maybe off or like you need to make up for the holiday weekend, maybe you feel some guilt going into this Monday, like you got to hit it hard. I just want to let you know, this is where empowered eating really shines. In empowered eating world, we truly value that food is connection and when we can value the connection food can bring, when we value enjoying food, it changes our experience with food and how we trust our body to handle some of the things like Thanksgiving weekend. So if you at all struggled over the weekend, I just want to say, number one, you are not alone. I spent so many years where holidays were more stress than fun because of all the food. I didn't know how to handle it. I felt a lot of guilt. If you're there, you're not alone. And there is a different way to go about the holiday season. And we're going to be breaking down some of exactly that on today's show. I have a really special interview for you guys today. You're hearing from Miss Meredith who has transformed her life with empowered eating. She's gone from Weight Watchers and dieting to some more intuitive, flowy eating and really found solid ground in the empowered eating model. And I know it's going to be an encouragement to anyone out there who maybe is just beginning your empowered eating journey. Maybe you need some encouragement or maybe you're like, I haven't even started and I don't know where to start. Her story is one that so many can relate to and I know you will be encouraged by today. Miss Meredith is a business owner and a mom of three, so you know this woman is busy and juggling all the things, but where I really drive with her is she lives for spontaneous camping trips and really good food and family quality time. So we have some core values in common, which is part of why I had to invite her on the show because I knew she was going to shine some of those things I think so many of you also value. And I know you are going to be encouraged by her story today. If at any point you are thinking, I need to understand empowered eating more, I need a better idea, Jess, there are a few ways you can get connected. You can always snag my free empowered eating masterclass. That's over at my website, jessbrownrd.com. It's about 20 minutes long. You get the outline of what exactly empowered eating is and how you can start implementing some steps into your day-to-day right now. So go snag that if you have not already, or if you're like, I am just so ready, Jess, like I'm done with this. 
I'm done with the guilt. I'm done with not knowing how to manage the holiday season and then feeling like I, you know, get back on the wagon in January only to fall off. That is a never-ending merry-go-round. If you're ready to dive all the way in, you can snag my Empowered Eating Method program over at JessBrownRD.com or learn more about working with me one-on-one. All right, grab that cup of coffee and let's dive into today's episode. Well, Meredith, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to hear more about your story. I can't wait. Now, you had mentioned you're a big camper. Tell me, like, are you a camper or are you a glamper? We've done both. Um, we started camping before COVID, um, before it was cool. I was going to say before um, it was cool. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> um, and then we actually started renting campers. So we've always had two of them. Um, so we like through a third party rented campers, um, which was really fun, but we definitely glamp for the most part. Um, but if we're going with a bunch of like family members, we will definitely set up a tent and camp in the tent as well. So we've, we've done both. We love it. It's such a good time. I always laugh when people, I like to ask that question because when people ask like, oh, you like camping, you know, I say, oh yeah, we do it all the time. But then they start asking questions and I'm like, well, it's definitely more of like a glamping. Like I'm in a a hotel room pretty much, (laughs) but you know, I'm with you. Like I'll still do the tent. I'll still do the tent. Campers are incredible these days. I mean, they are luxurious. They're so luxurious. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry, do you own your own camper now? Yeah, we have, we still have two of them. Okay. Um, and then we camp as much as we can. We have a seasonal business in the summer, so we camp a lot in the fall. Um, and then we rent it out all summer long. Oh, that's so cool. So Mm -hmm. cool. Well, I could talk about camping with you all day long, I'm sure, (laughs) but I do want to dive in to your story and your journey. Meredith, you have been a fuel her awesome listener that honestly, you've fueled a lot of my fire. You've shared your story with me and your journey along the way. And I've absolutely loved hearing it. You've gone through some massive transformations over the last few years, but I know it didn't come easy. So tell us a little bit about your history with food and body image. Yeah. You know, I, this question is, it really makes you think of like, gosh, when did this start? Um, and I was looking back and I was like, gosh, it had to be like seventh or eighth grade. So there was this thing we did and I don't know if we were alone, but we would like completely overconsume. Um, we would go to sleepovers and we would just order pizzas and we would have all the food. Um, and we would just completely overindulge to the point where we were stuffed. And then we'd wake up the next morning and we'd be like, okay, let's go for a walk or let's go to the gym. Or like, we have to, we have to work all that off. Um, and even though it felt innocent at the time, you kind of realize in the back of your head that it kind of starts this thinking of mm. we are overeating and then we have to work it off. Mm-hmm. Um, so seventh and eighth grade, it kind of was what it was. Um, but the Thanksgiving of my freshman year of high school, I remember so distinctly, nothing fit in my closet. I was so frustrated. I was in tears. Um, I walked Now, was that, was that puberty? Just real quick. Is that puberty or what was that? Okay. So just Um, natural changes happening. Everything. I mean, I was still eating a lot and then thinking I could just, that would be okay. So I think my body was growing. I also have always been (laughs) 5'10". So I never looked like my friends. Okay. Um, And I don't remember being negative about my body, which I think has a lot to do with my mom. 
but I don't remember standing in front of the mirror and picking myself apart, mm-hmm. which is, I know, wow. a blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was more matter of fact for me. I just, I remember thinking like, okay, I should look like Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera in low rise mm-hmm. jeans. It was just mm-hmm. like a fact. And yeah. I just knew that I didn't. First of all, they're like teeny tiny. <laughs> so like, it's <laughs> never even a possibility. I'm nowhere near um, the stature that they were, but it just, it just was in the back of my head. Wow. Okay. And, that, and it was a unquestionable truth. Like that's just yes. what you're supposed to look like. Yeah. Your belly is supposed to be that perfect, like mm-hmm. flat. And you can picture it, you know? Oh yes. Oh yes. no. I had a life. This is like kind of embarrassing, but I had a baby, not, I had a life-size poster of Britney Spears. Mm-hmm in my room. I mean, yeah, I mean, we loved her. Right. And she had on that like teeny tiny bra with the low rise jeans. So I know exactly what you're talking about. I think of the video where she had the snake as well. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, that is, that's what I'm supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. Um, and I did not, but, um, so Thanksgiving, I go into my mom and I'm just like, I am not comfortable. Nothing fits. Um, I, I want help. I need help. So she is, she has always been so, she's one of those women who is always supportive, but she is also, she doesn't sugarcoat things. Mm -hmm. So she said to me, she said, Mare, like I can help you. I can walk with you. I can go shopping with you. We can buy new clothes. I can do whatever you want me to do or whatever you need. Um, but you have to want to do it first. Mm. And up until that point, I really had not made any effort to, I mean, even with my kids now, I'm like, when they're in a bad mood, I'm like, let's go for a walk. Let's go, mm-hmm. you know, let's get some sunshine. Let's do something that moves our body. Cause I know how good it makes us feel now, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that at the time. So she really kind of helped me through that. Um, this is the tricky part because right, like right then I made a decision. I want help. I'm going to, I'm going to start to learn about eating while doing these things. Um, she was on Weight Watchers at the time mm-hmm. and I never signed up. I never really tracked. She just kind of let me use the book to align on like what foods were like lower point foods and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't knock it because it was the first time that I really learned the difference between fueling my body with fruits and veggies and protein versus pizza and donuts and Burger King. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I learned a lot. And in six months I was in a different place. I felt so much more comfortable. I don't remember weighing myself a ton either. I just know that like my clothes started fitting. Um, I went to a private school. So we all wore uniforms, which I thank God every day for, because I just, I it love the fact that we didn't have yeah. that. Mm-hmm. 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 So there was not that pressure. All of a sudden it was just like my uniform skirt was fitting better and everything felt better. Um, and I really passed once I felt comfortable, it wasn't even like, I didn't go back to it. I wasn't like, Oh, I, I want to go back and do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say it was a healthy experience, Okay, but what I didn't realize at the time was that it set this mindset of kind of starting a cycle that if I ate whatever I wanted, I would always have an option to lose it. Mm. And I am the queen of all or nothing. So mm-hmm. You're not alone. Thinking <laughs> mm-hmm. is my, is my 
oh, it's my biggest thing. Um, but I, it just started the roller coaster. So, um, after that kind of going into college, I don't remember a whole bunch. Um, but really it was started when I got pregnant with my son and I stopped everything I was doing. I was always fairly active. Um, when I got pregnant, I stopped all of it and I ate my way through pregnancy. I <laughs> down the street from work was this deli and they had these buttered breakfast sandwiches. Mm-hmm. And anytime I craved one, I would go get it. There was no thinking about how my energy was or how I felt. I just, I ate my way through pregnancy. And then after I had the baby, I was like, well, well, I'll just go back to what I did before it worked in high school, but now I'm, I'm not 14. I have a full-time job. (laughs) Um, I have a baby, I have a husband. Um, and I couldn't spend my days tracking my food or looking at like a planner or anything like that. Um, so I quit because that's what I did. Um, And then I started running because I felt like with running, I could at least eat anything I wanted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, like looking back, saying these things out loud, I'm like, girl, how did you not see this before? Uh, (laughs) Well, it's all easier in retrospect, right? It's all easier. (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't see it. I really, I didn't see it as a problem. I just, um, so I, so after pregnancy, I started running. I like ran a half marathon nine months after giving birth. And it was only because I wanted to be able to eat whatever I wanted. It was the Mm -hmm. only reason I was running as much Mm -hmm. as I was and thinking like, oh, you didn't have time to track your food, but you had time to train for a half marathon. I don't know where that time came from, but (laughs) it was It made sense, right? At the time it made sense. It did. Um, But then I also, I got pregnant with my daughter as well. Uh, So I have three kids. So I've Mm -hmm. been through this kind of pregnancy cycle three times. Um, but with my second, I committed to a healthy pregnancy and I did it. Um, I was able to have a successful VBAC. I felt great. Um, but then you're kind of back to square one, you know, you have all these Uh hormones, you're looking for a quick fix. You have no energy. I mean, you're exhausted, (laughs) exhausting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you try to put a diet or something else on top of that. And it's even more exhausting because you just feel like you keep failing. Yeah. Um, Well, and especially like your theme, it sounds like was this, like, if I eat what I want, I know how to lose it. But, you know, inter post first baby, like you said, husband job, you're not 14, right? Like you've got so much more going on and now you have two babies and then three babies. This cycles kind of gets interrupted. Right. And, and now it starts to feel like it's maybe not as reliable. And it makes you feel like you can't accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. The like failure, mm-hmm. the failure thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so really, I mean, when I think about the money that I spent on diets and quick fixes mm. and training, I mean, like it makes me sick to my stomach oh. because I mean, there's all these things out there that that target this lifestyle, you know, on one hand you have a ton of, you know, food and advertisements and we even do it. It's like, Oh, it's girls night. We're going to have all this food and all this wine. And then, you know, it's that mindset of like, okay, but you still have to look a certain way and you still have to do certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really kind of, 
looking back, I, I see where all of that comes from. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I can really be too hard on myself because I feel. Yeah. Know, Yeah. Well, and if we look at your whole story, like it was very insidious, right? It's like Mm -hmm. the 14 year old, you would just like wanted to feel better and and knew something was off, which isn't like wrong in and of itself. And in fact, I would say that's, that's great. You're paying attention. And it sounds like your mom did the absolute best she could do at that time. I mean, that was the, the era where Weight Watchers really reigned. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, you, you got some education, I mean, we're not giving it to our kids in the school systems, which I think is a whole nother thing, <laughs> but I have where, no idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to get this? I'm like, everybody needs nutrition and budgeting in yes. high school and at college. Like, why are we not teaching that? <laughs> but when, at what point Meredith, did you realize your journey had led you to an unhealthy place? Yeah. So when I, um, so right before I found your podcast, I had been intuitively eating. I'm putting that in quotation marks because, Mm -hmm. um, I recognized, um, I think it was January, 2022 Mm -hmm. or come up on two years. So in January, 2022, I had recognized that I wanted to be done with diets. I was like, I have three kids. I want to be a role model for them. I do not Mm -hmm. want to continue this cycle. Um, and (sighs) intuitive eating is tricky. Um, because I thought that like, eventually like my intuition would lead me to healthy choices. And that just wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so six months I've been intuitively eating. I was not comfortable. I was gaining weight. I had also started like lifting pretty heavy, um, and doing some strength training. And I just felt big all over. Mm. I was gaining muscle, which was amazing, but I was also like, <laughs> eating whatever I wanted. Cause at the end of the day, like my body was saying quick carbs and those weren't what I needed to fuel my body. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't think I would know that it was that I was in a negative place really until I was like knee deep into your podcast. Um, and I had found you honestly by chance. Um, I was working a lot by myself in the winter, trying to like learn our business that we had purchased. Um, and I was in the back room doing manual labor and I was like, I need a podcast. Um, and I found you just by chance. And I think when I was like, maybe like a month in, I mean, I listened to you every day, (laughs) all day. And I would take notes. I had this little notebook and I would take notes and I, yeah, it was about a month in where I was like, oh my gosh, like this was, this was all part of a cycle and it's nobody's fault. I mean, I know that my mom was giving me tools and she would have never let me go too far. Totally. I mean, she was totally. truly guiding me the whole way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I, I don't think you kind of realize what society and what a diet kind of sets you up for. And mm-hmm. it, I finally figured, I figured that out and knew that like, I had to truly, truly kind of find some answers for myself. That's so, so powerful. And what I love is you're staying in the, you're, you're not putting yourself in the victim seat. And I think that's one of the, and I don't think it's intuitive eating that does this. I think it's the social media around intuitive eating. It's this idea that like we've been wronged by, and I do think there are cultural messages that are harmful. Yes. I think that, and I think there are cultural messages that are conflicting, but that's not new. Like that's always 
always been the case. Like it's, it's our job as humans to figure out like what person we want to be. Right. And what I love about what you said is like, you, you're not putting yourself in this victim seat. You're not blaming anyone. You're very much like, this is just how it happened. And here's Mm -hmm. what I decided to do about it. I mean, it's really empowering. It's cool to hear. It feels good. I mean, I went, so I dug out my journal from the first day I started journaling. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was the Monday following Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So it was November. And so we're coming up on like almost exactly a year of this empowered eating journey. And I got like goosebumps reading it because I was like, okay, I've never done this before. Here are my goals. And I like defined empowered eating. Mm -hmm. Um, and something you said in your first, your very first intros, and this is what got me hooked. And I know you don't say it anymore, but, um, it was something along the lines of like, do you have goals, but you're not sure how to achieve them? I'm going to botch this, but Mm -hmm. the message is right. And then you also said, is intuitive eating just not cutting it for you? Mm-hmm. And in those moments, that's exactly how I felt. I was like, I have goals. I want to be fit. I want to be healthy. I want to be strong. Mm-hmm. But I also don't know how to get there without a diet. I, mm-hmm. I don't know how to get there without something, some kind of mm-hmm. safety blanket that if I don't do it, I, I can fall back on and say, oh, it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where you kind of had me. And then it was like nutrition advice backed by science. And I was like, done. So <laughs> you know, it just, you had all the pieces that I think people so badly need mm-hmm. to be able to step away from, from this, this cycle. Well, and it sounds like the intuitive eating journey for you, like became more impulsive maybe yes. because it repeated some of that old cycle and like, didn't actually allow you to like kind of grow towards some of the goals you have, or like took away some of the permission to set some of these fitness goals, which yeah, I'm a big believer. And I think it is hard because the core principles of intuitive eating, like if you actually read the book, which most people are getting the stuff from social media, right. But if you actually read the book and look at the principles are amazing, but the last piece of intuitive eating, the very last step is something called gentle nutrition, which is where we start to implement targeted nutrition. And I will say I'm a little bit more, I mean, I think of the word, I'm an intense personality. So the word that comes to mind is like aggressive. I have a more aggressive approach to the gentle nutrition, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like in the most loving way, of course, (laughs) but it's like, you know, I, because I'm a sports dietitian and I do work with people who move their body. And I think, I believe you're an athlete. If you move your body on purpose, like that's not just for professional level athletes, but like when we do those kinds of things, we don't really eat in like intuitively. I mean, after you go for a run, I don't know if you felt this Meredith, but either you're not hungry after a run because you've like shook your gut Mm -hmm. for a period of time or you're starving. Like that's a really hard thing to intuitively do. So, I mean, those are some of my thoughts, but I'm curious, what are some of your thoughts on the misconceptions around intuitive, intuitive eating that led you astray? Um, and I would have to say, I definitely just went based on what I found on social media. So I only was seeing all of these beautiful, thin women. And just, that's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, eating whatever they wanted. Mm -hmm. And so in my head, I thought, okay, well, I knew that I couldn't eat whatever I wanted because I know that, but I also, 
I had not yet gotten myself out of an all or nothing thinking. Mm-hmm. So I still had that mindset of, okay, well, if I had a couple pieces of pizza, um, for lunch, instead of having chicken and rice and roasted vegetables for dinner, my day's ruined. So I'm just going to have mm-hmm. a milkshake and a hamburger. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, instead of kind of putting the pieces together as a whole, which is where I think the knowledge comes from, mm-hmm. um, having, you have to have the knowledge before you can eat to fuel your body. Because yeah. I, if, I don't think if you, if you have to have those puzzle pieces, because you can intuitively eat, but okay, well, intuition's telling me that I really want a glass of wine. So right. <laughs> listen to my body. Right. Um, and that's not, that's not always the case or like, especially like around our cycle around our, right before our period, the intuition's telling me that I should just give it all up and, yeah. and dive into a vat of chocolate. But now I know that like, there's certain supplements right before your cycle that help. And that actually having protein and vegetables before your cycle helps. Mm-hmm. And like, there's just, there's so much knowledge now. And I think that's where that empowered piece mm-hmm. comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, versus just being intuitive about it. And I do think the messaging is beautiful, which is why I started with intuitive eating in the first place, because yeah, I do, I want everyone to get beyond this, you know, uh, body shaming and just the perfect image of what we think a body should totally. look like. Totally. So I, I support a hundred percent that message. I think it's, I look at my girls and like, even my son, like, I mean, his, his body changes from month to month. He's growing. He's, um, and I just want him to know that that's, that's okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I think you, you touched on something that's really important to mention. And that's the kind of the message that is in social media on intuitive eating. And it is, it's a lot of thin white women that Mm -hmm. eat whatever they want. And there, there were two points actually that led me to realize there was pieces of the puzzle missing. And one of them was a client I worked with, um, before I started the podcast and I was really, you know, we're working out all intuitive eating, super into it. And she was like, yeah, but Jess, the way you intuitively eat is different than the way I intuitively eat because you're intuitively eating with a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in nutrition. And I was like, Whoa, that's so like, you're right. Like I'm coming in when I feel a craving, like I, I filter it through my knowledge. Right. And I think that's not conveyed on social media. When we see these people promoting intuitive eating, like there has to be that education piece. Um, and, and then, you know, again, like the sports side of it, when we come to sports nutrition, there is a lot of really cool science on how we can tailor nutrition to enhance our performance. Or like you said, tailor nutrition to manage some of our PMS symptoms. I mean, there's a reason there's cool nutrition science out there. And to rob us of that, I think is, it's a bummer. I mean, I'm biased because I love that stuff, but I do think it's a bummer because I mean, in your case, it was a piece of the puzzle that was missing. Huge. Yeah. So how did you transition from more of this intuitive eating to empowered eating? Um, Knowledge. So I would, I would listen to the podcast. I'm like, okay, I'm a big fan, but I just, I couldn't believe that I finally found something that was giving me all the pieces I needed. Awesome. Awesome. So I would listen to the podcast and I would have my little notebook. And the one that stood out the most, I think where I realized I was like, okay, I have to start writing this down. 
um, was way in the beginning, you did one like all about protein Mm -hmm. and it was just the different types of protein, the benefits of protein. And like this light bulb went off. I was like, I am not getting enough protein. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did for like a week actually weigh my protein just to mm-hmm. not for like tracking, but just to see what I was getting. Sure. And I was way under eating protein. Um, especially for somebody who was having, who was strength training and having like building goals. So, mm-hmm. um, that was huge supplements around like moods. Um, I mean, so much knowledge about moods and I just kind of slowly, it was very slow, but just kind of very slowly started to put the, the pieces in place as Mm -hmm. I gained the knowledge. Um, and then I kind of finally eventually realized that it was like, now it's just what I do. Like, I know you say this with your kids, but like, you just, I just talk about biofeedback all the time. Like, you know, when they're moody, I'm like, have you had water? (laughs) (laughs) Some of those basics. (laughs) Um, and it's really, it's really cool. I mean, and now they've learned a ton too. It's, it's cool. That is so cool. That literally gives me chills. <laughs> Meredith <laughs> doing good things. That is so cool to hear. Now you are a woman that balances three kids. I mean, I've got two and my hands are so full. So three and your own business and you've got a husband. So it is a lot. And I know people who listen to this show, like fit, fit that we're all super yeah. busy and we're juggling a lot. So what is one piece of advice that you feel is important for the woman juggling all the things, but wants to take care of herself. What does she need to hear? Um, you know, I, I think, I think just having balance is so key. Um, one of the things I, some of my values are comfort is number one, which I think is makes so much sense. Um, balance is number two and family and balance is it is key. It is key to being successful. Um, I find balance by having a morning routine, which I was never a morning person. So if you're out there and you think you can't do it, um, I spent one whole month putting my phone in the family room mm-hmm. with an alarm for five Oh five. And I would get up and I would tell myself, you don't have to work out. You just have to get up, make mm-hmm. yourself a cup of coffee, journal, scroll social media, even like whatever it is for that first month, like just do whatever. And it was very slow, but like now I am a morning person, but it helps me balance my day. It helps me give me that recharge. Um, and then also making, still making time, even though it's so hard for, for friends and for your husband or significant other, um, Mm -hmm. and just having those, those moments alone. And in addition to the craziness of, of kids and work and all that other stuff. Totally. Do you think, prioritizing those values. Do you think that impacted your food journey? It did. Once I learned that comfort was my value, so many things clicked into place for me Mm -hmm. because I, I will change my clothes five times before we go out and it has nothing to do with how things look. Mm. It really doesn't have anything to do with body image. The question is, am I comfortable? Mm -hmm. Um, So then I started buying clothes differently. Mm -hmm. Um, It impacted so much of how I even think of like dressing my kids. I was like, mm-hmm. well, if I can't leave the house uncomfortable, how can I, <laughs> they're right. They might have similar feelings, right? <laughs> um, I can't force them to like, so it just kind of started really thinking about things differently. 
That is so powerful. Well, and then there's a ripple effect from that, right? It's like, you realize that's one of your core values. You buy clothes that fit and then you feel comfortable. And now you go into the next scenario. And because you're comfortable, you're probably more aware and mindful and able to engage in the situation, the food, the interactions from a more like present state. That's super cool. It's also what gets me back on track too. Yeah. Cause if I start to feel uncomfortable in my favorite pair of comfy jeans, then I know that I need to start going back to my, like, okay, am I getting five to six fruits and veggies? Mm-hmm. Am so I prioritizing protein? Yeah. And it just yeah. kind of takes me back. Well, and I wonder too, did it give you space for grace in looking at your journey? Because if comfort was a core value mm-hmm. that you've carried all along, it makes sense that like you went through seasons where you ate your way through pregnancy. I mean, if comfort is what you're looking for, eating is a great way to provide comfort. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Lots of grace there and understanding rather than it's probably why you're able to stay in such a like positive space or a positive posture when looking at your story. Yeah. It's been, it's been a lot of work. Um, it's been a lot of work, but like, I'm so, I'm so glad that I'm finally here and it's a journey, right? You're never at your destination, but, um, I feel like I now have the tools to continue to get stronger, um, continue to get, to continue to run faster. I mean, I've got, I've got some, I've got some good goals, so I'm excited to kind of keep moving on them. That is so cool, Meredith. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us. Now, because this is the Fuel Her Awesome show, I always like to end with this question. How do you like to fuel your awesome? That can be metaphorical or literal. So I have both. I have two. One, because I'm obsessed with Polar Joe. And I just want to let you know that (laughs) it literally fuels my days. Um, For anyone that might not know, Polar Joe is a caffeinated protein drink that it's so good. (laughs) I can't even describe it. Like I would choose it over Starbucks or anywhere, any day of the week. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like creamy and delicious and it's just amazing. Um, so literally polar Joe, but also, um, trusting myself. I, I don't know if it's age or just kind of where I'm at in life, but, um, really trusting myself, both my body, um, my mind. I used to kind of I think we so easily, especially as women are like, you know, we're so easy to dismiss our thoughts as being Mm -hmm. like moody or over the top. Um, but I've really started to kind of trust all of the things that are happening and really listen to myself and set boundaries, um, no matter what that looks like. And that is, that is really empowering. That is so, so powerful, Meredith, that trusting yourself is something that doesn't come easy, but it's so powerful. It's so powerful. And do you feel as you became an empowered eater, do you feel like that trust in yourself grew? A hundred percent. I would say it's probably the, I think empowered eating gives you a confidence Mm -hmm. that you can make the right choices. It Mm -hmm. kind of ends that all or nothing. Um, You know, you can wake up the next day and it's not a fail. Nothing's a fail. And I think you just do such a good job at kind of reiterating that because it's, you can't fail at empowered eating. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you can only make different choices next time. You can, um, the one story about your kids eating all the Halloween candy mm-hmm. forever ago. And you're like, okay, how did that make you feel? So you, you sit there <laughs> and you, you start to think like that and you start to yeah. think like that all the time. And then you trust your answers. And it's, it's a huge piece of the puzzle. 
That's so good. So good, Meredith. Well, I am so grateful to hear more about your story. It really is. It's empowering to me to hear your empowered eating journey. And to hear that, you know, that black or white thinking to finally come to an end, because you're right, there is no fail. And, and that's such a gift. And I, I know I talk about this, so you've probably heard me say this, but I believe that like how we live with food, it bleeds onto how we live life. And so if we can adopt this mentality of like, we don't have to be perfect. We, we try, we listen and we learn and that's it like that we can practice that with our food, with our body, then we can do it better with our kids. We can do it better with our spouse. We can do it better in our job. Like it's something that just grows. And so I love hearing that that is what is happening in your house. I love hearing that biofeedback is a topic of discussion with your kids. (laughs) And yeah, it's just really cool to hear. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey with us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Gosh, I'm so glad you joined me today. If today encouraged you, would you take a minute and encourage me by leaving a review for the show? I read every single one of these reviews and your words, they mean so much to me. This podcast is here to support you weekly, but it only scratches the surface. To learn more on how you can become an empowered eater, snag my free workshop, how to eat intuitively and hit your goals without obsessing over food at jessbrownrd.com. Don't forget to join me right here next Monday where I cannot wait to fuel your awesome. Cheers, my sweet friend, and happy eating. Thank you.